short for a stormtrooper? Huh? Oh, the uniform. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. You're who? I'm here to rescue you. I've got your R2 unit. I'm here with Ben Kenobi. Ben Kenobi? Where is he? Come on. Get behind me! Get behind me! Get out that way. Looks like you managed to cut off our only escape route. Maybe you'd like it back in your cell, your highness. C-3PO, C-3PO! Are there any other ways out of the cell bay? We've been cut off! God, I didn't copy! I said all systems have been alerted to your presence, sir. The main entrance seems to be the only way in or out. All other information on your level is restricted. There isn't any other way out! everybody's first introduction to the greatness that was Carrie Fisher is Star Wars, is Princess Leia. But but it sort of dawned to me, both you guys are, are younger than me at different uh, stages, but you're both younger than me. So I realized that that isn't probably necessarily true because she did a lot of other things other than, than Star Wars. So Ryan, like what, am I wrong about that? Like what was your first introduction to Carrie Fisher? Is it Star Wars? Yeah, it was Star Wars. That was the first, place I met her and that was what I knew of her for the most part um, however close to the same time uh, would have been the Blues Brothers too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay. and uh, you know I grew up outside Chicago but my family was from Chicago in the early 80s I mean that movie looked like my life my, my <laughs> in-laws my relatives talked like that they acted like that um, and, you know, Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and the Blues Brothers, those three movies are in my top five movies of all time. So <laughs> she, Carrie Fisher, had this place, like, just in my uh, in my consciousness. But, yes, the first place I met her was Princess Leia, and that was sort of how I always saw her. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Dave, what about you? Same. I mean, I'm not that much younger than you, Rob. Um, we're in the same decade. I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, um, you know, every but, yeah. but, you know, there were I, there were people I know who saw Empire first before they saw Star Wars. Cause right, that was in the theater when they were the right age. So, right. Uh, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of weird because she this is going to sound totally messed up, but she was kind of like my first love in some ways because um, mm-hmm. I um, she really set the foundation for what I think I would find attractive for the rest of my life. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, but yeah, it was definitely Star Wars. Um, Star Wars really, that, that, that was, that was the flag she planted. I, 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 I pined for, for years after, uh, it's funny. It was her role in Blues Brothers. That was what defined what I would find attractive for the rest of my life. That's very interesting. A a woman coming at me with a flamethrower, just, you know, that, that does something to me. (laughs) <laughs> Happened a lot, does it? But um, 
but uh, no, that was that was it. And you know, it's it's weird because, you know, I would see her in in something like Blues Brothers or, you know, her face pop up in something else, and it, it never it just felt wrong. You know what I mean? Like, no, this is this is a uh, this is Princess Leia, not Carrie Fisher. But um, maybe I'm getting ahead of us here. But it wasn't until uh, I remember Siskel and Ebert did a review of Postcards from the Edge. And they said, yeah, this is uh, Carrie Fisher's life, essentially. And um, that I realized that there was this whole other side to her that I really wanted to learn about. And so th- I guess w- if I think about Carrie Fisher, I think about her life in those two chapters. Princess Leia up until, what, what was that, like 87 or something? Postcards from the Edge. And then Carrie Fisher happened. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I distinctly remember uh, seeing her. I mean, of course... I saw her in Star Wars for the first time. I never saw uh, Shampoo. That's her first movie, and I still have not seen that seen that movie. Was she like sixteen? She's like sixteen. Mm. That's the movie that apparently Warren Beatty offered to relieve her of her virginity on. But I mean, uh, you know, how many Jesus? How many how many women has he made that offer to? He just has a card made. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but I still have I've still not seen Shampoo. So I mean, yeah, my first introduction with her was Star Wars. But once she was in Star Wars, she kept popping up. In my life. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. saw her on the holiday special. She hosted uh, Saturday Night Live. And I watched the original. My parents let me watch the original Saturday Night Live, even though I was too young to understand most of the jokes. But she was the first and so far the only of the big cast members to ever do it. Mark Hamill never did it. Harrison Ford, way too crumpy to do it. And, <laughs> and I mean, and she, she on that show, she parodied her, her Princess Leia persona right out of the gate. So you're talking 1978, and she's already making yeah. fun of her persona in Star Wars. I mean, at did, 20. At 20 years old. She does, a, she does a, a beach blanket bingo sketch where she's Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, you know, for a kid who's like seven or eight, and I'm taking Star Wars very seriously, that was kind of like amazing to see, like, wow, Princess Leia is making fun of Star Wars. You know, it was like a weird thing because she comes out with the buns on her head and the whole bit. And just to... Before I forget, uh, and this something that's that's like it sticks in my head for some reason. I guess for whatever whatever reason is like she's in a sketch on that show. She's in a sketch that is near the end of the show. It's the, one of those classic like five minutes to one sketches where things just get weird because everybody's half asleep. And it's a sketch that she does with Bill Murray where she plays. He's a sailor in 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 uh, France, and she's a hooker. And the whole oh. the whole gist of this sketch is she keeps bilking him for money without ever having to like do anything, and they're in this bar, and they the sketch uh, leading into the sketch they play the song Brandy You're a Fine Girl by Looking Glass, <laughs> which was a big hit when I was a kid, and the song plays into the sketch and out of the sketch, and if you watch it, and I think you can on the SNL's YouTube page, like the sketch itself isn't that funny. But it's not trying to be. It's more like a little play. And it's one of my favorite things the original show ever did because it was ambitious. And it was like just this little two-hander between Carrie Fisher and Bill Murray. And it's like I, I'm, I'm still, when I think about the sketch, like charmed by it because it's like it's just a great little acting piece. And it was fun to watch these two people who I really like. I mean, Bill Murray I worship. Kind of just do this weird little thing where they're not even trying to get laughs. And it's like, again, there's Carrie Fisher again. And then, as you guys talked about, the Blues Brothers. The Blues Brothers was one of my favorite movies growing up. And there she is again. You know, it's like, so she just kept 
appearing in these different things. And of course, um, Blade Runner, she is, have you ever seen guys seen that photo of her supposedly on the set of Blade Runner? No. I, yeah. She, 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 I've never seen the picture, but I've, I've heard yeah. like apocryphal or, I guess it is technically right. true. But. Yeah, she's in costume as one of the background characters in Blade Runner, and the shot of her is is her posing, and I've never been able to find her in the film. I like to tell myself she's in the film, just that, that way she did another movie with Harrison Ford. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it just, it's funny how she just kept popping up, but she just, she's one of those figures of your life that just... And, of course, I had her in plastic form. That sounds dirty. But I had her in... in oh, boy. Numerous... <laughs> You know, I had her in numerous plastic... I mean, I never considered her character or her action figure to be, like, a girl's figure. I played with her just as much as I did the Luke and Han figures. I had I had the Bespin. I had the, the, the Leo Organa one. I had them all. I had, you know, it was it was such a huge part of my life. I like to think if she was in Blade Runner, she was there trolling Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I've, I've heard that as well, but I've... I, I, and I've seen the movie a million times. I, I just, I've never seen her in it. No, I've never been able to spot her. And I, you know, she's probably not in it. But if, I'm sure you guys saw that tweet that went out that it was something to the effect of Carrie Fisher went out the way a lot of women want to go out, bragging about that they effed Harrison Ford <laughs> in his prime. <laughs> yeah, right before that, yeah. 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 She's, you know, she's, a, she's a, she was an amazing woman. And I, 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 um, I, I, sometimes it makes me a little sad to think that. The, her introductory role to so many people our age and Ryan's age, the junior set, if you will, um, were like, it's just Leia, but there was just so much more to this human being. That's uh, she was just a brilliant wit. Her and the, probably the last thing most people saw of her was this great um, interview she did with I think it was uh, it was one of those morning shows. Oh, Good Morning, morning America. America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With with Gary with Gary Fisher, her dog. And um, she, she, you know, she, she hit back at, at the, um, at the interviewer telling the interviewer that, telling the interviewer that, um, that the interviewer had hit the genetic jackpot. Right. So she doesn't have to have to work as hard, and she will find out how difficult life is in this industry when you're, you know, Carrie Fisher's age, and you take the roles you that you're offered because this is all you're getting, and it's just real, just humorous slap in the face for things, but done in such a brilliantly comedic and smart way that I, I think just like if there was any, any way to distill who she probably was 99% of the time, it was that thing. Oh, I love that bit. Cause in the, in the beginning part of the interview, she talks about how she now answers to princess Leia. Yeah. And then later, and then they later on, she goes, uh, the interviewer's like, so princess Leia. And she goes, yes. Oh, I say <laughs> it's like, she was still, you know, obviously she had to slow down a bit because of age and because of her health problems, but she was still right. super witty. I mean, just super. I mean, you mentioned Postcards from the Edge. That's a pretty good movie. And I think, again, I saw somebody on Twitter say, imagine you're so interesting that Meryl Streep plays you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that says something, that you can get Meryl Streep and Shirley MacLaine to play you and your mom. That's a that's, that's pretty amazing casting. Well, that's... Um... When, when the film and water movie happens, that's you and Jack. I <laughs> <laughs> look forward to that. Yeah, I mean, she she was involved in so many different things. Again, and even even things that she herself was not directly in. Like um, everyone knows about how much I love Albert Brooks and his movie. Yes. His movie Mother, of course, features her mom Debbie Reynolds, and it was because of Carrie Fisher that Debbie Reynolds did the movie. 
because uh, it was she tried uh, Albert Brooks tried to get uh, Doris Day to do it, and Doris Day said no. Then she tried to get Nancy Reagan. <laughs> Nancy Reagan wanted to do it, but didn't want to spend that much time away from from her husband, so she said no. Offered she just it, said no. She just said no. She offered it to Catherine Grayson, who didn't like the part, and turned it down. And so she was apparently he was apparently talking to Carrie Fisher about it, and Carrie said, "I think my mom might want to do it." And Albert Brooks like, apparently was like, didn't even think he could get Debbie Reynolds, and was thrilled and offered it to her, and then and, and Debbie Reynolds crushed it. I mean, she she's hysterical in that movie. And it's like, I love that movie, and I it's to me it's the last great Albert Brooks movie. And there, we, and another thing about that movie is, um, I don't, have you guys either either one of you guys seen that movie? Not for mm-hmm. years. There's a there's a a, a a parody version of Mrs. Robinson in that movie, and that's a song that Simon and Garfunkel do not license out ever. And uh, it it got licensed out for the parody version through Carrie Fisher, because of course Carrie Fisher was married to Paul Simon. And she pulled some strings and got Paul Simon to, to basically hand it over to Albert Brooks. So it's like, you know, without even her being directly involved, she made that movie a million times better. It's like, she's, oh, man. She's joked uh, on a, a comedy special that she never took any alimony from Paul Simon. So in return, <laughs> she can use any of his songs without uh, <laughs> without license whenever so she they're wants. Your, they're your, I think you were married like a year, right, or something? Something like that, yeah. They continued to date, though, weirdly, after they got mm-hmm. divorced. Um, yeah, that's the way to a, do it. There's a Paul Simon song, a really beautiful song of his called Train in the Distance, which is written around the time of their marriage. And it talks about, a, you know, it, it talks about a, a couple that gets married, has a child, breaks up. And then the song ends with the whole bit about, there's something about um, he makes her laugh, she cooks a meal or two. Uh, everybody loves the sound, the train in the distance. Everybody thinks it's true, and it's—I can't help but think that that's who he's talking about because it's—it's it's talking about a couple that's broken up but then still spend some time together. Uh, you know, I, I can't—I'll never hear that song and not think of the two of them in that. And it's as I said, it's a beautiful song. And again, she's she's inspiring great art even when she doesn't necessarily mean to. Uh, you know, it's just like, uh, you know, I—it's I, sad. Mm-hmm. I remember when I heard the news, like, I, just, I didn't feel anything right away. And it was just, it's it's just sort of the culmination of this whole year. Like, just I was just like, okay, yeah, of course. It, it needed to be somebody. Somebody else had to go. And, and it was just this sort of almost bitter kind of resignation that, sure, of course, of course she had to die because, because screw this. Like like this track that we have been on, um, and and that was just how I was feeling. And then I was kind of like reading some of the stories, and it was actually I wasn't thinking about her movies, but it was when I started reading the stories about her and her struggles with bipolar and the way she affected other people with manic depression. That was when it hit me, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I started crying, and I was like, "I haven't cried about any of these other like dead celebrities this past year." I think. Prince was the one that like hurt me the most, but like like it was when I was reading these stories, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna miss this woman, and and what she's done, not just yeah. as Princess Leia, which uh, is still the sort of most iconic role that she has for me, but just as a woman, as a writer, as a force of comedy and and wit and. 
this sort of fierce honesty that she brought to her life uh, in the past couple of years in particular. Um, and if anybody wants to see I highly recommend it. It's on HBO right now. If you've got HBO or you've got HBO Go or HBO Now or something, do it. She did about uh, in 2010 a, a comedy special called um wishful drinking yeah wishful drinking right, right. Yeah. yeah it's amazing it's a it's stand-up comedy it's autobiography she goes through her whole family tree and the sort of hollywood incestuous nature of it uh with with her parents and all of their divorces and their remarriages and their half siblings and everything like that she talks about the star wars experience and what it did to her and being a pez dispenser and she's like if, <laughs> if you if they can make a pez dispenser out of you do it it's amazing she's like if you can get paul simon to write a song about you do it <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, but it's just it's it's hilarious. It's also heartbreaking. She talks a lot about her mother, Debbie Reynolds, who, as we know, just died within the same almost the same twenty four hour period, like forty eight hours later or something. Um, it's yeah, it, she she was incredible. So yeah, if you can, if you want a good lasting impression of Carrie Fisher, check out uh, Wishful Drinking on HBO. That is I would good also, special, yeah. I, I saw that myself. I thought that was really good. I'm sorry, David, I didn't interrupt you. Oh, no. I, I would also say if you like her just her as, as just brilliant and funny, she was on an episode of Dr. – do you guys know Dr. Katz? Yeah, yeah. She played his ex-wife. Yeah, Roz. I think it was Roz. Yeah, yeah, she was the, she was the vo- yeah, she was the voice. She finally came in as his ex-wife, yeah, as Ben's mom. She was – she was one- oh, yeah, but ben, yeah um, <laughs> ben. Um, she was she was wonderful in that. So if uh, – if you like fun, if you like the funny and you like the Carrie Fisher funny, she's a she was a great like utility player, like a character actress. I mean, it's kind of amazing when you think about how iconic her role is. I mean, she, how much in the culture she looms as Princess Leia that she was almost able to appear in other movies and not dominate. You know what I mean? Like, right. She again. She's in the Blues Brothers in that gag. Well, she's hilarious in the Blues Brothers. I mean, oh my God, that whole scene in the in the sewer where she's going through, and you know, my father used up his lad his last favors with Mad Pete Trollo, which is like I want a prequel about Mad Pete Trollo. I, that, that name. And then just the fact that, that Jake talks his way out of it. I mean, he's like, you know, my car broke down. My friend came in from out of town. My suit wouldn't come back from the cleaners. There was locusts. And he just rattles through every excuse. And then they cut to her. She's like, oh, Jake. And she gets all misty. And then it's even funnier knowing that she had her, she in real life was in a relationship with Dan Aykroyd at the time. She was not. <laughs> yeah, she was. I love that. Like, she's playing Belushi's <laughs> girlfriend. <laughs> but, I mean, like, you know, she was in The Man With One Red Shoe with Tom Hanks. She was in The Burbs with Tom Hanks. Yes, she's yes. In, She's in Hannah and her sisters. Hollywood Vice. Hollywood, had Hollywood Vice. Did you? Did sorry, uh, Ryan. A little sidebar conversation. <laughs> Rob, when you were on the uh, when you worked at the video store, was did you did you was that one of your was that one of your discoveries? Because that was for me. No, I have only seen I saw it on cable once, but I okay. just did not remember much from it. I remember thinking it was supposed to, like. I didn't quite get the irony because I thought it was just this cheap jack thing. And I'm like, wow, Princess Leia has been reduced to this. I didn't, yeah. I didn't get that it was sort of on purpose, kind of a yes. cheese ball thing. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan. 
No, I was going to say, I think the Burbs, which is uh, an old favorite of mine, I, I I don't know how it holds up to scrutiny in terms of quality, but that's a movie that I've just always loved. But I remember seeing that one, and that was like the first time I noticed, I was like, oh, she's just a normal person in this movie. Like, that yeah. was the first time she just played, like, yeah, she's, she's, like, I was actually trying to think about the movie today, and I was like, you know, there's nothing really memorable about her movie. She just disappears. She's just playing a normal person. Uh, and, it, and it's like sort of, it's not Carrie Fisher. And it's just, and, and maybe that is a good, like, sort of a testament that, yeah, she could just, she didn't have to be on. She didn't have to be self-reverential. She didn't have to be an icon. She could just be an actress. Have you guys, either one of you guys seen Amazon Women on the Moon? Yes. Because she's in that. She's in the very last segment. And in some ways, she's the biggest star in the movie. And she shows up in this little black and white fake PSA about uh, not catching uh, VD. Yes. She plays the starlet. Yeah, she comes in. She's hilarious in it. She's really, really funny. And it's just like, you know, it's like the movie's already over. There's been credits. And then all of a sudden, there's this segment with Paul Bartel as the doctor. And she's Mary Brown. And he just like again, it shows a certain lack of ego to show up in a in a part like that and just not get a big. I mean, if you're not looking closely, you probably won't even necessarily recognize her. No, she had a sense of humor about herself. I, it seems to me. Um, there was um there was a short film. I get, I don't know if you, either you guys would have seen it. I only got to see it because um, it was a friend of a friend thing, and it was this movie called uh, Searching for Carrie Fisher. And it was about these, uh, this was about 96, 97. And it was about these two guys that, um, well, that's, they were looking for Carrie Fisher because I think they wanted to ask her out. And, um, yeah, but eventually they, they managed to talk to her and she agrees to do an interview with them. Not to go out with them, if I'm, if I'm recalling this correctly, not to go out with them, but um, to, to, to meet with them. And uh, I, I think the best part of that was her, it might have been her assistant or somebody who was get who could get her get them to her assistant who referred to her as the Dorothy Parker of Hollywood. And at the time I thought that was a little pretentious, but it seems strangely appropriate, you know, Mm -hmm. now that I think about it. Um, Yeah. She, I mean, she didn't have to do that thing. And, uh, and she did. And she was, she was pretty, pretty funny in it. If I can, I'll send you, if I can find the link, I'll send it to you and you can post it on the, Awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she seemed she seemed determined to take the piss out of her iconicness. I mean, she's in uh, that movie. She's a, a nun in uh, what Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah, which yeah. of course is the only other movie that features Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher. They're they're not <laughs> having any scenes together, but they're they're both in that movie. Uh, and, you know, it's funny you mentioned about like going out asking her for a date. I mean, of course, Ryan, that's part of your questionnaire. Mm-hmm. On the show, Carrie Fisher. Is, who would you rather date, Carrie Fisher or Princess Leia? And has anybody picked Princess Leia? I think everybody said Carrie Fisher. Um, one or two people have actually said Princess Leia. I think they, she's they nineteen. Either... <laughs> they might have been a little bit intimidated by uh, by Carrie Fisher herself. For good reason. Yeah. Um, Maybe they yeah. they're just thinking about her character from Thirty Rock, and that's what their impression of Carrie Fisher today oh, is. Oh God, is she so funny in that episode? Oh my yeah, god! Was... Yeah. And I think a couple of years ago, maybe when they were doing uh, stuff for Force Awakens or um, press stuff for Force Awakens, she said she actually went out with fans a couple of times. Like she just said, oh, "Why the hell not?" Like she wow. dated fans. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Can you imagine that? No, absolutely not. 
sitting there I would, on a date. I'm gonna lie about it now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I no. mean, that's that would be astounding. That would be absolutely be sitting there across a dinner table with Princess Light. Like that is beyond. You know. Oh my God. It'd just be amazing. Yeah. No. I I would be intimidated, but uh, she would just be so interesting. She would just have so many stories. Just so, uh, you know. I mean, just I mean, working with all these different people she worked with. I mean, of course, she's in. Last night I watched when Harry met Sally. And I mean, oh, that was a good one. So funny in that movie. I mean, the whole thing mm. about the wagon wheel coffee table and the whole, I mean, like, like I, I laugh out loud the whole thing where they go on the double date and, you know, they, they, I assume you guys have both seen that movie, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. right? They, they go on the double date <laughs> and then they're like, it doesn't work out. And then they, they each say to their partners, like, don't make any move. Like, I know you want to go out with Jess. Don't make a move on her. T- don't make a move on him tonight. I was like, oh, I wasn't even thinking about that. And then they go to Bruno Kirby and he's like, don't, don't do, don't try anything with Marie tonight. They're like, okay, fine. And then bang, they, they, he's like, I'm tired of walking. So am I. Great. And they jump in the cab and take up. And they literally have like a screeching tire sound effect as they pull it. I think it, maybe that's what gave people hope is that you see Bruno Kirby with, with Carrie Fisher and you think, you know what, maybe I got a chance. <laughs> they're, my favorite, they're, they're my favorite characters in that movie. Uh, that, that, that's something else too. Like I, and they remind me a little bit of, um, I know I'm going to go over and on this about this, but like, they remind me of Danny Kay and Vera Ellen and white Christmas where it's like, they're the side couple and they just decide instantly that they like each other and they don't put right. up a lot of barriers. They don't, they don't have a lot of neuroses. They're just like, Hey, I like you. You like me. Let's get together. And I love that the movie doesn't have to explain any of that. It's just every time we see those characters, they're developing in a relationship, and then they get married, and then they're and they have that wonderful moment together where after Harry and Sally sleep together, and they call Carrie Fisher and Bruno Kirby, and they each answer the phone, and they're full and they're oh full, yeah, yeah they're full of problems. They're like, oh god, I don't think it went well, and they both they they each hang up the phone on on their friend and. Marie, Carrie Fisher, turns and says, and it's like kind of a serious moment where she turns and says, promise me I'll never be out there again. And Bruno Kirby just says, you will never be out there again. And like, that's like my favorite moment in the movie. Because it's like such a yeah. sweet, wonderful moment of like, I don't want to be dating anymore. I'm happy with you. Promise me I won't ever have to do it. And he does. It's like... What a great moment. I mean, I could have watched those two in a whole other movie. No, she was... Yeah. Do you want to talk about her writing? Absolutely. Her writing. Um, so she was a script doctor, too. A lot of people didn't know that... I think what people had assumed was because she wasn't popping up like Harrison Ford was popping up in films and she wasn't doing anything. And she was um, she was, she was, was a pretty well-known script doctor, Um a lot of times you don't get credited for the work you do as a script doctor. You just kind of massage things, and and that's it. Then WGA doesn't require that you get that you get credited. But I, I understand she did work on things like um, Hook, uh, the first Sister Act, Last Action Hero. I think she helped out on the prequels. Um, I know she did. She she did some work. Well, so did Tom Stoppard, from what I understand. So. You know, that's like having Shakespeare have a shot at your work, and then <laughs> still. But but um, uh, she also uh, the wedding singer. I think she worked. Oh, on? the wedding singer. That's right. Um, 
and but but also on the original trilogy, she she you know she massaged some stuff here and there because she was freaking smart, and um and and made things make make a hell of a lot more sense than they would have. So she um yeah she 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 had a quick wit, and a brilliant mind. Have any of you guys read any, any of her books? She's written four books. I didn't know that. I yeah, didn't know well, she there's wrote postcards. Books. There's the one that just came out. Right. Um. No, I I haven't like postcards is the one that I've always thought about reading, but I just I haven't gotten around to it. But maybe now, now if I have the time, I'll uh, I'll check <laughs> I'll check it out. We haven't talked about we talked about it a little bit, but like her the whole way she confronted mental illness. I mean, yeah. that's that's an amazing thing. That takes real guts to be so public about your problems like that, you know. And I mean, from the outside, you have to look at like, wow, what's what's you know, she was a massive success at 19, rich beyond her wildest imagination. What's there to be upset? You know, what's there to have problems about? But everyone has problems. You know, I mean, you just have different problems. But I mean, that takes real bravery, considering that even today we still are, you know, kind of stigmatize mental right. illness. And she's out there talking about her drug problems and all these. Things. I mean, that's you know, like that's that's a real gutsy thing to do. She could also never have – I mean from the get-go, from her birth, she was never going to have a normal life. You know what I mean? She was – as Ryan pointed out when, when she was showing the uh, – when she had that uh, board up and she's showing <laughs> how her develop, how her family development broke down and it's all these names and it's just this it's, – it's, it's like a hurricane of weird and sad at the same time with all these famous names. She was never going to be okay, I think, until much later. You know, it's, 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 I, yeah, in, in some ways, I, I, I think she, she lasted longer than she probably, than, mo- than most anybody could have. Career wise, you I think? Mean? No, just as a, as a human being, like as a living person. Hmm. Given, given everything that she had to deal with, given the circumstances were, in which she was brought up, um, it's 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 amazing. I I'm 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 lucky we had the time we had with. I I mean, it's weird to say that because I never got, to, I never got to meet. She's the one that I never that I always wanted to meet but never did. Um, but uh, yeah, um, yeah. I just feel like it. It was like we're lucky we got what we got. Right. I. I I understand what David's saying. I kind of agree with. That. Like I mean, I remember like just when I heard that. She was sixty when she died. When, of course, that seems young, but I was like, Not like that, om- that almost seemed like for her. I was like, really? She's only sixty. Like she seems like she's probably lived more than that. Right. Like right. for her. So yeah, it, it did kind of seem like. Uh, I, I mean, I do understand. Like when, when you look at her history, what she's gone through, her illnesses, her her struggles, her addictions. It again, like it. It it wasn't that surprising to me that that and it just it's it's sad but yeah that's and I it. think it's sad because a lot of people feel like we just got her back you know what I mean mm-hmm. she's now she's now visible more visible than she was before she's she's around again I mean she's always been around but now she can be found easily and then it's just yanked right I mean right at the moment that Star Wars is now a thing again. When it wasn't for the you know for decades, and now she's back. And I mean, I, we're, I mean, I'm kind of dancing around. I mean, I I can sort of hear in all of our voices we don't really know what to say 
because this is also new. It's just a couple of days ago. Um, you know, there's there's a certain amount of like you want to say something, you know, soon. You want to kind of yeah. Or well, I knew that wasn't going to happen. But I mean, you, <laughs> you, you want to say something at the moment as opposed to waiting, you know, in a couple of months. But at the same time, you probably need more time to sort of take it all in. I mean, like I, I'm now dealing with the idea of okay, when she's in episode eight. Like, episode eight is going to take on a different cast. Right. Because I'm going to know this is it. You know, and I'm going to kind of keep, like, mentally ticking off the shots and being like, is this the last shot? Is this the last shot? Is this the, you know? And I have to say, I wasn't overly thrilled with that final shot in Rogue One. Now I love it. (laughs) I, yeah, I don't. But, um, because that's not her, you know? Well, yeah, but I mean, it's her voice, and it's a big fat tribute to Princess Leia, and I'm kind of yeah. like, okay, you know, I'm gonna see Rogue One again next week, and now I'm kind of like, oh, I'm looking forward to it because it's, you know, it's 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 a reminder of like the how important she was to this franchise, and you know, I mean, again, we're gonna, we're not gonna devote a whole time to Star Wars because. That's something for Ryan to do. That's but, Ryan. I, but I do, it is worth considering, like, what do you do with this character? Do you kill her off, off screen? Do you, do you start episode nine with her having died? I, I don't, I mean, you I mean don't like know in, how you like, do like it. in inner darkness, like with Star Trek into darkness. Well, I'm not going to make that comparison because I know what you think about that, David, but, uh, no, no, not into darkness. I'm sorry. Um, just, um, beyond. With Beyond, where... Oh, right, right, right. With, right, with Spock already having died. I mean, how else can you do it? You're not going to kill her off in Episode Eight because you'd have to reshoot certain things, which they can't do. I don't... I think it would be... I don't know. I didn't see the, the that Fast and the Furious movie where, like, they digitally added Paul Walker to finish off a couple scenes, but I don't it's know. It's weird. It's weird. It's that, it's that same... It's that same Leia Tarkin thing. I mean, I, I don't know... I forget how you guys felt about the quality of it. But there are scenes in uh, Furious 8, or Fast, whatever it is, 7? 7. 7. Um, where it's clear, like, yeah, that ain't him. You know what I mean? <laughs> or, uh, or uh, this face doesn't quite sit well on that body. Or, um, I know why this is in the dark, kind of thing, you know? <laughs> like, like, um, like, like with Brandon Lee and the Crow, especially now, it's so blatantly obvious where um, that's not Brandon Lee, kind of a thing. Um but you're trying to make me think it is. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I, and, 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 you know, just on kind of a, I guess, more detached level, like I can't, I have no desire to see eight now. And I don't really want to see, at least now anyway, Rogue One, or I don't really think I'm ready to see anything with her yet. I, I still haven't listened to the, to the last David Bowie album. I can't watch another. I, I I haven't been able to listen to the last Leonard Cohen album. I I just can't. It's amazing. Then that's because then that's goodbye. You mean it's amazing that the album is amazing, or it's amazing yeah, that I don't do that? His last album is amazing. That's what I hear, but I can't do it. I don't want to do it. I can't. There's not, and it's it's ridiculous because I don't know these people. I only know what they've done to me, right? Um, not done to me, but how they've affected me. And um, yeah, I, I, it's. Like if honestly, I, I have to say this: if Seven is is the last Carrie Fisher thing I see, I'm fine with that because I don't 
I don't think I'm, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think I'm saying anything that people don't already know, but I, I think it seems a fairly safe bet that Harrison Ford appears in Episode Eight. I think we kind of generally know that, right? As a forest ghost or something? No, in like a, a there is. I, I mean, Ryan, am I crazy, or, or does that not seem to be what's happening? I've heard speculation, but it was a long time ago. I haven't heard anything like serious like that might happen, but maybe I, I don't know. Because I mean, there was this thing about that, that, that at some premiere for Force Awakens, Kathleen Kennedy was there with the whole cast, and she said they're all returning. And oh Harrison, yeah, yeah. And Harrison Ford was there. Was and people the, were like, "Well, group. is she tipping something, or does she just not want to spoil what happened in Episode Seven? But I, like, I wonder, like, if he's in the movie in a funeral, if they do the funeral for Han Solo, which I think we know that they're doing, that that that's mm-hmm. a scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. And they somehow contrive a hologram of him, uh, something, and it's him. It's new footage of him. This will be our last chance to see, and our only chance to see the three of them together. In in if one... they're actually together, right? Well, I mean, right? but, but I mean, <laughs> I, I have no idea. I mean, I, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying about not wanting to see it because. I mean, God forbid, whenever Bob Dylan dies, I, I don't. Not that that's probably ever going to happen because I don't think he has any intention. It's just going to be him and Keith Richards, man. They're just going to be gonna jamming. Be him and Keith Richards. <laughs> it's going to be like the end of the thing. It's just the two of them in the snow, <laughs> just toasting the death of humanity. But I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's yeah. I it'll be. It, I know that the first time I see episode eight, I'm going to get distracted because I'm just I'm going to be so like, how much is she in this movie? It's it's. You know, there aren't that many. I mean, the only person I can compare this to in terms of how much that they meant in my childhood was like Christopher Reeve, mm-hmm. and even and even Christopher Reeve was out of the part for decades. You know, I wasn't yeah. worried about you know, oh, he's not going to do any Superman movies. Well, he wasn't going to be doing any more for the longest time anyway. Right. Yeah. But did you see him in that Smallville episode? Did that kill you? I like that episode of Smallville that he's in. I thought that yeah, was but... sweet. It was a nice tribute. I couldn't. Yeah, I had a hard time watching it. Yeah, mm. yeah. I think, but not did. out of like animosity. Just like, oh right. man, you know, I, I can't. I don't know if I can take this. Uh, she's also in another cameo, small role. Did you guys either see the movie um, Soap Dish? Yes. Oh yeah. She's in that. that. She's hysterical <laughs> in that, where she's using. She, she's the casting agent, and she's using her power to just take videos of shirtless men. Like, oh <laughs> That's my god, right. she's hysterical in that. Oh god, I forgot about that one. Yeah, she's in. I said she's in. She's in Soap Dish. I loved her in Thirty Rock. That episode. Yes. I mean that. And they even Tina Fey even got her to say, "Help me, Liz Lemon. You're my only hope." Only hope. God. Oh my god, I laughed so hard when she did. I was like, God bless her. I was well, like, the god, she was their first. Do that. Yeah. Their first scene is basically Tina just gushing over how much she loves Carrie Fisher, right. even though she's playing a different character. But she's basically just saying how much she meant to her like as a kid. And Carrie's just like, you're going to murder me, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys ever see there was this um, this uh, BBC show, I think. It was, it was from Britain. Um, bring Back, and then it was whatever the thing was. They did Bring Back Fame, Bring Back um, the A-Team. And they did a Bring Back Star Wars thing. And uh, Fisher was the only one that agreed to meet with the host of this thing. And she took him through a tour of her, one of her homes, or at least 
her home, and she um, she gave the guy when uh, the um, it was it was one of her uh, it was one of the the bikini statues of her from Jedi, <laughs> and she talked about how at one point like the top was removable, and that really weirded her out. But really? she says she just yeah she just like gives these things out now because. What is she going to do with them? And But it's weird. It's nice to have them around. She was very, yeah. Yeah, if you guys could ever track that down, it's uh, bringing back uh, ellipses and then it was Star Wars. And she's the only member of the original, of the of the, of the, of the trinity, if you will, right. that agreed to be on. <laughs> wow. No, I never even heard of that. That's really interesting. Oh, yeah, I would like to see that because she said she, her interviews were just so, there's clips. If you go to YouTube, you can see her on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson you can see yeah. her on Late Night with David Letterman. The, the clip of Johnny Carson is great because Carson is completely oblivious to Star Wars. He's like, because she was there to promote Return of the Jedi. And he's like, apparently there were two others of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how, it's like, that's how like, rich Johnny was. He didn't even really have to sort of embrace pop culture. He was just like, oh, there's these other space movies. Oh, let's have Carrie Fisher. He probably knew her through Debbie Reynolds, you know, if he knew her at all. You know Deb. Yeah. 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 She's from my hometown, Debbie Reynolds, from El Paso, Texas. Is she really? Yeah. Or she grew up here, I think, but yeah. Yeah, they apparently, the two of them uh, live next to each other for the <laughs> last <laughs> bunch of years, which is like, that's a sitcom. And HBO is, there next year there's going to be a documentary about the two of them. That has, that has been, they've been working on it for a couple of years, apparently. Uh, I don't know what, you know, I mean, I guess you've got an amazing way to end your movie i mean it's beyond anything i mean i i don't know i i'm sure i wasn't the only one that when the news came up about debbie reynolds you just went you know pardon my language but she's like you gotta be fucking kidding me you know i, I mean, would you know i i kind of i understood i mean i get it if something happened to my kid i yeah fine i don't i wouldn't see a point uh, i I, under, I understood when it happened i was like yeah it made a kind of sense i mean as as horrible as it sounds it was like yeah it's yeah i got it yeah i, I you know guys i think we should <laughs> <laughs> we hit a wall <laughs> yeah i think we should wrap this up i i we were i i was worried going into this about whether this would be too sad to do and and, and part of me well, was like maybe we should do it and then the other part of me was also like but i, I don't know it feels like it's a well, way of paying tribute to her so, Let's end on this. If you had to recommend something that wasn't the Leia thing to someone that you know that they would love her in, what would it be? Uh, my first thought is Blues Brothers, but uh, like honestly, I'm I'm really jazzing on the the the, the last thing that I saw that uh, Wishful Drinking special. If you can see that, it's amazing and it's it really puts you in her head, which is interesting, heartbreaking, but also wonderful. Yeah, I would I would probably go with when Harry met Sally. I just think she's so great in that. She's so funny. Sorry, I just I just I love seeing her in that. I think that's a great movie from beginning to end. But she's just such a great, you know, side person, and and I think she probably could have done a lot more of that if she wanted to. But you get the sense she just did. You know, I mean, the money was coming in from Star Wars either way, so you know, she was just kind of did things because she wanted to do them. I guess, and so that that would be my favorite thing. I'm sorry, did I steal your answer? You did, but that's okay because I will go with Doctor Cats. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Nine times out of ten, I will go with Doctor Cats. Right. It's a good one. 
Um, so yeah, I think we think we're gonna wrap it up here. I, again, this is probably a sadder show than, than maybe I we all hoped, but it can't <laughs> help it. It's it's just a sad time. It's just uh, it feels you know like you and Bailey had such a better time talking about Gene Wilder. <laughs> well, we had, we only had to do like five. We had a few years. <laughs> a few years. <laughs> um. Uh, well, you know, it feels like it feels like an ex girlfriend died. Yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah. I mean, I never had like I. It was funny. I didn't have a crush on her. She was not one of my crushes. Really? No. Yeah. For whatever. Even when she did the whole metal bikini thing, I certainly thought it was attractive. But she was just. I don't know for whatever reason. I just didn't crush oh. on her. But yeah. But it was. It's. It was just somebody I just really, really admired. I mean, and the one chance—not even a chance—but the one time I was even in the same room with her was a bunch of years ago at the New York Comic Con. What? No, calm down, calm down. Oh. I mean, it was at the New York Comic Con, so technically we were in the same room, and we were both <laughs> in the Javits Center. Uh, and I and I did consider getting in line just to say hi to her, and then I just thought, you know what, that line is going to be so long, I'm going to spend nothing but the whole convention just doing that. So, you know, but I, I would have wanted to say hi to her and just be like, oh, God, she's so awesome. But, I mean, she heard, she heard that her whole life from... You know, a young and early. You guys talked about, you know, what a crazy life she had from the beginning. That there was no chance she was gonna have a normal life. Yeah, when your when your parents' marriage is broken up by Elizabeth Taylor, you <laughs> you have no chance at a normal life. None, none at all. So you know, um, but you know, she did some amazing stuff with it. And Debbie Reynolds, I think, said once Star Wars came along, she just became known as Carrie Fisher's mom. You know, and I, you know, it's like, that's, it's an amazing thing. It's just an amazing thing. And she gave so much to so many people and through her books and through her talks. And you mentioned the wishful drinking and just all the things she's, she did in her life were just remarkable. And, you know, yeah, it's just, it's a sad, painful thing that we're all sort of having to live with. And, you know, I don't know, the, 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 not that the Star Wars people are immortal because we lost Kenny Baker this year too, but it just, I don't know. And it's not that. Carrie Fisher didn't seem fragile because she did, but at the same time, she was such a, you know, we use the word force, but such a vital force. She just seemed yeah. so present uh, that it just seemed, you know, like I, I don't think I was the only one that when, you know, the news came in that she had the heart attack, but she, she didn't die, that we were like, she's going to be the one. You know, mm-hmm. like, right. 20, High five in everywhere. All yeah, around. Exactly. 2016 yeah. took out Bowie and took out Gene Wilder and Ugh. took out Prince and took out Gene George Michael and took out who all the but not Carrie, not Carrie fucking Fisher. Uh uh-uh. uh. Nope. And then when it happened, you're just like, oh, she, you know, it just but but she got to know how much she was beloved by millions of people. And that's that's an amazing thing. And, you know. People are going to weep during episode eight, you know. It's and what an what an awesome responsibility Ryan Ryan Johnson has, you know. And Ryan Daly now. And Ryan Daly. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, uh, I think you said I, we're just going to wrap it up here before the silences get even more awkward. So, uh, guys, thanks so much for for coming on to do this. It probably wasn't the most fun thing in the world, uh, but. Uh, we all loved Carrie Fisher. We all love Princess yeah. Leia, and we wanted to do this. So uh, I hope everybody sort of enjoyed listening to this. I hope you have your own remembrances of, of her. She was a really great person. So um, thanks, guys, for, for doing this. Thank you. Thank you. Just uh, go out and watch a Carrie Fisher movie. There's lots of them. Go to IMDb. There's tons of stuff. There's tons of books, tons of 
things on YouTube you can watch. She was a really great person. So go and see something with Carrie Fisher. Uh, I think uh, that's the best way to honor her legacy. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, may the force be with you. Bye. I like it. It works. It says home to me. All right. All right. Well, let Harry and Sally be the judge. What do you think? Nice. Case closed. Of course he likes it. He's a guy. Sally. What's so awful about it? It's so awful. There's no way to even begin to explain what's so awful about it. Honey, I don't object to any of your things. If we had an extra room, you could put all your things in, including your bar stools. Oh, and I would honey, wait, 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 honey, honey, wait, wait, wait. You don't like my bar stools? Harry, come on. Someone has to be on my side. I'm on your side. I'm just trying to help you have good taste. I have good taste. Everybody thinks they have good taste and a sense of humor, but they couldn't possibly all have good taste. Yeah, it's funny. We started out like this, Helen and I. We had blank walls, we hung things, we picked out tiles together. Then you know what happens? Six years later, you find yourself singing Surrey with a fringe on top in front of Ira! Do we have to talk about this right now? Yes, I think that right now actually is the perfect time to talk about this because I want our friends to benefit from the wisdom of my experience. Right now, everything is great. Everyone is happy. Everyone is in love. And that's wonderful. But you got to know that sooner or later, you're going to be screaming at each other about who's going to get this dish. This $8 dish will cost you $1,000 in phone calls to the legal firm of That's Mine, This Is Yours. Harry. Please. Jess, Marie, do me a favor for your own good. Put your name in your books right now before they get mixed up and you don't know whose is whose. Because someday, believe it or not, you'll go 15 rounds over who's going to get this coffee table. This stupid wagon wheel Roy Rogers garage sale coffee table. I thought you liked it. I was being nice. He just bumped into Helen. I want you to know that I will never want that wagon wheel coffee table.